Hi, and welcome to the Council of Fathers podcast. We're bringing a heartful perspective to this wild journey we call fatherhood. I'm Noah Goldstein. And I'm Dave Bonayuto. Thanks for joining us. If you do enjoy this, please subscribe and share it with another dad out there who may benefit from it. Today we are continuing our four-part series. This is part three of principles for fatherhood. That's right. We have 12 principles. We've covered six so far in the last two episodes. In case you missed it, the first six are number one, start with the man in the mirror. Number two, it's not about what you think it's about. Number three, control is the opposite of connection. You like that one, don't you? I really like that one. Number four, it's better to be connected than to be right. Five, you will always have triggers. Try not to let your triggers have you. I like that one too. I thought you might. I mean, I like them all. but. And number six was you're only as good as your resources. Got to be resourced. In the last episode, we did recap the first three, but we're not going to recap all six because that could get lengthy and and it's a lot of capping too many too many caps too many caps really yeah and by the time we're done with that we won't have time to dive into the new ones but we do encourage you to go back and listen totally again and again and again and again (laughs) but today we're going to start with number seven number seven that's a lucky number this is what they say oh my gosh yeah how lucky are we so lucky. What's number seven, Noah? Number seven is you go where your eyes go, unless you change that one too. Nope. Okay. No, but um, I, I might have stolen that. We, there might be some copyright we'll issues to, there. We'll have to we'll unpack. To, I think it's called, in, you were it's inspired a book, by, it was a book. By, by somebody else. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about it. Um, well, this one's interesting because it has to do with what you notice and what you see. And um, the way I think of it is if you're noticing all of the messes that your kids are making and all of the things that they are doing incorrectly, and that's what you comment on, and that's what, you know, is the vibe of what's happening then that's where that's what that's just what's going to keep happening whereas if you notice when your kids are doing things right and comment on that and if you notice um, when things are moving smoothly and then all of a sudden that's what gets magnified and amplified in the family system and this one you kind of brought this in a in a more explicit way into my life with regards to the kids and family. But one of my love languages is words of affirmation. You're doing a great job, Noah. I just wanted to mention Thank that. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I needed that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I find and have found that m- things are a lot better when I'm expressing explicitly outwardly with words my gratitude and appreciation for all of the big and little things that rachel my wife is doing in in the home for the kids for me for our family and uh yeah and it's 
feels really nice to to tell the kids like oh wow you know look at that you I really appreciate that you did that and totally um which isn't to say that we need to completely ignore when things are not going well and not ever comment on them or notice them but i think you you have a lot to add here so i'll be quiet now oh, i was just gonna echo 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 what you were <laughs> saying which is that it seems to create like a culture in mm. the house you know and yeah it can't be from a sort of pollyanna mm. or you know even it can't be insincere it has to be genuine so it's not about faking it it's about what you pay attention to really which is turns out to be a skill it's about looking for what's right Mm. and looking for what's going well and being grateful that sounds so cliche in this day and age and there's truth to it i mean Part of what we talk about in the council is is John Gottman's research around what he calls positive sentiment override, which is this way in which you know couples who tend to pay attention to the to the good in each other intentionally, those those who do it more sort of get away with more, you know, like. Mm-hmm. If, if you have a, a negative sentiment in the household and you say thank you, you know, y- your spouse might say, why'd you say thank you like that? <laughs> you know, I mean, the, yeah. y- you can get into this culture of negativity where everyone's walking on eggshells. Right. Or you can get into a culture where sort of everyone's looking for the best in each other and well-intended. Mm. The other thing I think about as fathers is following our our values, right? Mm -hmm. Is really getting clear on what our values are because values act as a direction Mm -hmm. and and we go in the direction that our eyes go, we go in the direction of our values. I, you know, I always think we're we're always sort of green as fathers. We're always responding to what arises. And if you're just responding to what arises, you know, you don't get to where you want to go. Yeah. So it is wise, it seems, as fathers to sort of take some time and reflect on what are what's most important to me. As a, as a dad, what's most important to me, what matters most to me as a person mm. so that I can orient my fathering, I can orient my day to where my eyes go, where I, where I want to go, mm-hmm. you know. Not get distracted, not get pulled away and, and moved in all sorts of wonky directions. So easy to do. Yeah. So easy to get lost in the shuffle of parenting if we don't have you know it's it's sort of like you, you know the plane from new york to london mm-hmm. is off course 90 percent of the time or something right. I'm, I'm misquoting something yeah but you know those planes get there because 
there there is a compass, a, a, a GPS. A, 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 I don't know what they call. I'm not an aviator, apparently, <laughs> but um, there's always my grandfather this, was. So so that gives us some credibility. Yeah, there we go. The plane is always reorienting to the direction. You know, it's reorienting to the destination, and I think that's what we try to do as fathers too. Is be intentional about where we want to head so that we can reorient orient well and, and that reminds me actually one about the we wrote this thing called the seven crucial practices to being a better father that's available for download on the website lucky number seven lucky number seven again and one of the things in there is um to have a practice that reconnects you with your values on the daily right like so that you keep your eyes in the right direction, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I just really, th- I, I think about that a lot because you could have this sort of theory, you could go through the practice even of identifying what your values are, but unless you're constantly kind of checking, looking at them, you know, checking in with them, then it, it's sort of just some abstract concept. Um, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts around, you know, cause I also wrote down this, this piece around like, you know, you don't want to bypass reality, only see the positive, see the world through rose colored glasses. Right. So how do we ensure that we're being authentic and noticing the positive, uh, in noticing the positive without kind of, discarding and disregarding you know some of the negative stuff yeah i mean i sort of wonder if that deserves another principle you know something like um don't let the shadow fester in the basement or 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 something to that yeah (laughs) something to that effect you know that we don't want to ignore the positive and everything we're grateful for. We also don't want to ignore the negative. I mean, that's not what we're advocating for. I think we're advocating for being intentional. And it's so, I think the default in parenting is to get lost. I mean, it's... I don't know about you, but when I enter the house, it's it's a bit like entering a maze. It's easy to get lost in all that's happening, all the roles, responsibilities, tasks, Legos, emotions. That's why I've been feeling so anxious all the time. <laughs> oh. Makes sense, Makes don't it? Makes sense. But, you know, I'm glad you mentioned anxiety, right? So that's something that, yeah, you don't want to bury that and I'm fine. Everything's great. I'm mm-hmm. heading in the direction my eyes are looking in and let's forget it. No, you you want to head in the direction that your eyes are pointed while feeling the anxiety that yeah. arises when you move towards what what you want to yeah. to So there's there's a difference between sort of bypassing in sure. my mind bypassing and um being willing to feel what arises as you move towards what you want yeah 
that's great i really like the way you encapsulated that um you're, which, do, you're, you're doing great noah i just want <laughs> i just want to tell you I, I really i really enjoy i enjoy your cadence thank you your, your voice you're very um have a soothing voice and i feel so loved right now with these words of affirmation well i try man okay I just, i'd love some afterwards maybe some constructive critical feedback to how i can improve tell me what i'm doing not right also that that should be another principle too Mm. something about feedback how to give it how to receive it yeah um well and i i think what we're talking about in terms of seeing things as they are really jives well with the next principle principle number eight which is yelling at the screen doesn't change the movie have you ever done that I often, when I'm watching an, 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 something that I, I'm, you know, Rachel gets annoyed, um, but um, I'm, I do talk to. I'm like, no, don't go in there. Don't go in yeah. there. That's right. Why would you do that? Oh. That's like it's a the, the house is you know clearly haunted. Yeah. There's someone oh. with an axe running around totally. out there. Why would you go in the house? Totally. But it. The movie never changes. No, it still happens. Just because we're right. yelling at it. Right. And and the funny thing is, if you turn around, you can see the projector in the wall, right? Ooh. That's where the image is coming from. It's not coming from the screen, mm-hmm. right? Unless you're watching TV. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But yeah. So you can yell at the TV is what you're saying. I mean, it's not going to change it, though. It's still not going to change. It's still not going to change it. Okay. Um, and, and in general, resisting reality doesn't change reality. And I think, yes, it's important to feel the feelings that come up in, in reaction to um, what's happening. But, but we don't have to necessarily express those in real time or I, I, I when i was reflecting on this when a memory came up from when hazel was she must have been two years old she i mean she's seven now she was so cute and um, still cute she's still cute yes oh very much so but you know the two-year-old cute is different from the seven-year-old cute and um she was she was drawing on the floor of the bathroom with these like water crayons and it was a me- I, like she was really quiet i was probably cooking dinner and i go and i peek and i'm like oh my god and i felt this like surge of and and i but i it was one of those moments of grace where i i didn't yell or scream i like slowed myself down i walked over there and i you know, I said, "Hey, honey, we we can't be drawing on the floor, and let's wash this, clean this up together." And you know, and um, I think the message to not draw on the floor got across very clearly. She never did it again, even without the yelling. Especially without the yelling. Especially without the yelling, and maybe uh, I don't know. And uh, yeah, but it just felt like one of those instances where, like, I felt angry that i was gonna have to clean up the floor and you know the impulse then is to then yell at the floor for being dirty you know or at my daughter for making the floor dirty right but that yeah yeah i can so relate my my daughter 
Anya is also seven, as you know. And yeah, I we're in this pattern. We've been in this dynamic where I perceive her as being disrespectful. Mm. You know, particularly she'll say something like, you know, I'm not picking that up. You pick it up. You know, <laughs> sounds pretty disrespectful. Yeah. I understand why you perceive that. You you can uh, you can see where I'm coming from. Yep. But it really is a a perception, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And what is what is underneath that? I mean, what what's going on for her that she says that? I mean, kids, in my experience, she's never intending to be disre- disrespectful there's something else happening right we, we've talked a little bit about this but the dynamic is she says something disrespectful that i perceive as disrespectful i scold her you know as a reflexive response and yeah that never <laughs> never you know she never responds to that by being oh daddy i'm sorry i hurt your feelings mm-hmm. that's not the response to being scolded the response to being scolded is generally to puff up or to avoid scolding mm-hmm. and do something different it's like a game of whack-a-mole you know right. i scold you here and you go do something over there it becomes really unproductive and i've really been trying in the last several months to really see instead of seeing her as disrespectful to see her as hurting Mm. or as needing something having an unmet need or you know wanting to connect with me that takes some reframing of the situation in in the moment because i'm pretty sure of what i'm seeing on the screen i'm pretty convinced i've got it right right but interacting with the screen as I see it doesn't seem to help. Hmm. And trying to shift how I see it and trying to perceive something more with, with better intentions on her end seems to really, really shift the dynamic. She feels connected to me she feels heard she feels safe right she feels Mm. loved and she generally will hug me and apologize and even she started like explaining why she was saying what she said I, i didn't mean that daddy i just was really frustrated in the moment I wish I hadn't said that. I wow. mean, words that just don't come out of her mouth when I when I try to reprimand her mm-hmm. for what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. There's two things I want to speak to that showed up for me when you shared that. Please do. One was that I actually felt my whole nervous system just calm down relax like i'm sure on some level like we're recording this and you know there's some level of like okay what are we saying and how is this going to land for people i just like there's this quality of 
um, comfort, safety, ease as you were speaking that, as you were describing for you how you've been relating to Anya, that like I felt and I felt it impact me, um, which is nice. It feels it's like one of those yummy, gooey feelings. So maybe our listeners are feeling that too, hopefully. Um, and then the other thing was just this, the difference between like this active orientation and this sort of more receptive orientation, right? Like yelling at the screen, sort of the irony, the screen is supposed to be giving you information and here you are trying to tell the screen Mm. what it's supposed to be doing. Right. And, and as opposed to just really fully receiving what's happening fully receiving it, even if it's uncomfortable so that you can then respond in a in a in a way that's more appropriate i love that that receptivity and and what is it say it again active like like a more receptive orientation a more active orientation yeah and and you know you had said before maybe we'll talk about receiving and giving feedback at another time but sort of bringing it in now Mm -hmm. right that i love that the screen is giving us feedback and yeah i guess it's it's hard to receive when you're actively screaming (laughs) (laughs) but also you're getting even more feedback into that when you when you respond from the place that you've been practicing and working on responding from the the, the movie does shift so like it's I, it's sort of like when when you don't yell at the screen when you watch the screen receive the deeper messages of the of this show so to speak right then you can actually engage with the show really with more understanding yeah yeah the first shift with a with an adult and a child usually has to be the adult (laughs) and you know changing the perception changing the projection onto the screen giving the benefit of the doubt reframing what i'm receiving from the screen yeah yeah and it's amazing how like one person in a family system can make a big difference for the whole system for better and worse and this, this is true yeah it really is remarkable what's our next our next principle, principle is this is a this is a heavy one potentially or like a a doozy a doozy your parents are always lurking about yeah I just want to say, I, I know my mom and dad are listening, and I'm sorry, guys, and I love you <laughs> both very much. And it's really, you know, it's not personal. There's there's a huge impact that we have on our kids and that our parents had on us and still have on us, right? That's not about necessarily our, our parents, but it is about the dynamic of a parent and child Mm -hmm. and one of the striking 
things that I've experienced as a dad is just how I can slip into being a child mm. in a moment's notice, you know, and yeah, often it's sort of seeing my wife, you know, from in, in the mother role and I'm, I become a kid in relationship with her. <laughs> I, I think I'm in trouble or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've done something wrong or, you know, and I, I hear myself, I sound like a little kid, you totally. know, and it's, it's the way in which we learn to interact with the world through this dynamic of, of child and, and mm-hmm. parent. And then other times I'm talking to my kids and I swear my dad's in the room because <laughs> it sounds a lot like him, you know, yeah. and I just, uh, am automatically right. recreating what I experienced as a kid, mm-hmm. which isn't, it's not bad. I, you know, for me, I, a lot of folks certainly had childhoods that they don't want to recreate. Mm-hmm. It's not that I have a childhood that I don't want to recreate. It's that I want to be intentional about my parenting and I don't want it to come from a reflexive, automatic, totally. knee jerk place. Yeah. I want to sort of tease through what, what was it that my parents showed me that I want to repeat. Right. And what is it that that I don't? It's different times. I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do I intentionally want to play out as a father? Yeah, you know, I think we might actually have to change this one from your parents are always lurking about to your parents are always with you. Because the lurking about kind of only acknowledges or only focuses on going back to like looking through what what our lens is, what we see only folk only sees the the sort of less nice stuff that we're trying to 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 improve upon there's not there's not sort of a good way to lurk <laughs> you, you can't know. you can't positively lurk i don't know um, whereas like if they're always with you then that means that like the the beautiful life lessons that they've imbued you with the values that they've imbued you with that you've chosen to 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 bring through um, are there with you and and there's a sense of of also love right because that's what our parents if we are lucky you know in the household that we had that they they loved us and and we're doing their best uh given like you said the tools that they have the times that they lived in um so i just i wanted to name that and you know because i know my parents at least my dad is also listening um and you know just building off of what you said, I think this one to me is all about like doing the work, which, which really means some type of therapy, digging deep, you know, unpacking our pasts and how our past impacts our present um, to make sure we're consciously aware of, you know, the emotional and behavioral patterns that we inherited. I mean, I think the more awareness we have, the more we can, the more freedom we have to choose and to build upon those things. And, um, you know, and I just want to share like one of my favorite paradigms around the work that I've done 
is to come from this place of caring curiosity to those behaviors right if i notice myself yelling at my kid like what there's there's something that's positively like there's an intention there's i'm trying to achieve something right yeah and and that's coming from a a, a good place and it's not coming out in the way that is maybe most effective or most kind or or the way you want it to come out or the way i want it to come out right but uh, but recognizing acknowledging that like what's underneath this in me is a good thing is 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 something that you know is probably hurt itself and and then you know doing the work to sort of tend to that and um yeah I, and i guess what comes from that is a lot of self-forgiveness um and self-understanding and then you can recruit that same energy in another direction towards another end but what, what do you mean by that we i mean that that energy that that impulse that that is yelling right now yeah if once once i do that work that same impulse can act in a different way mm. yeah yeah i know this is pretty abstract a well just to example. just to unpack it a little bit like take something like anger right we tend to think about anger as a blob of you know this thing we called anger but it's but it's made up of pieces or mm -hmm. parts and you know there's there's feelings and there's sensations and there's thoughts and then there's actions and you're you're saying you know maybe when you yell at your kids there's there might be some value in the feelings the thoughts the sensations that you don't want to lose right? right you might want to change the actual action the behavior but i think so often we throw out Total. all of it yeah. or, or repress it suppress it avoid it somehow we try to you know not feel anger as a way to protect others around us which is you know ingenious mm -hmm. in a way and it's a bit uh reductionist in another mm -hmm. and i think how do we and and we see this i i think we see this a lot with men who have learned anger is bad don't feel anger don't express anger don't show anger right and then well what happens when the the world's going to pot because of climate change where's that damn anger right we need that anger mm -hmm. we just as you're saying we want the anger to be for a just cause and to be serving others yeah yeah and i think also i mean sometimes this stuff can be scary right and by this stuff i mean quote unquote doing the work quote unquote you know therapy right like it doesn't have a great rap people aren't like yes actually most people i know who do see a therapist 
actually are like, yes, I'm going to see my therapist th- today or this week or tomorrow because because good stuff happens there. Um, but in general, in the culture, it's kind of like th- there there can be some tentativeness around it. And um, and I think, yeah, hopefully there there. What I've gotten out of the work that I've done has been a tremendous amount of growth in my heart, like more space in my heart, forgiveness, more room for love, love for my parents, love who are still lurking about, um, love, you know, for my kids, for my partner, right? And and um, and so I just, I wanted to make sure that that was included. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate what you're saying about, you know, therapy getting, getting a bad rap, you know, and also just about the hard work of, you know, that, well, I think what you're saying is therapy takes courage Mm. to some level, right. To decide that you want to go talk to someone about your private life takes is a risk and it and it takes a lot of courage to open up about things that you've never opened up about before it's funny to hear you reflect that because what i was trying to say was that therapy is fucking awesome and it's so cathartic and so healing Mm. That, it, that it's helped me like work through some of the stuff that I inherited that I didn't want to, you know, bring along. Yeah. And it's helped me improve my relationship with my parents yeah. and with myself and right. with my kids and, and partner. Right. And, um, you know, if you want to call me courageous, I'll take it. Yeah. But, but I was really just trying to just acknowledge that, uh, that there are a lot of sociocultural kind of resistances for people, especially men, to go to therapy. And some of those are even economic, right? But um, that I I love therapy and I, I, I think people can benefit from yeah. it. Yeah, oh, totally. And to come back to the principle, you know, you're your parents are always lurking about, I think there's sort of a, a stereotype of therapy Yes, that, you know, you, you go into the therapist's office, you sit down, you say, I'm, I feel anxious all the time. And the therapist says, it's because of your parents, you know, right, right. and usually it's because of your mom. And <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of the stereotypical, you know, blaming the parents for, how we turned out uh, and i want to be careful that when we say right. our parents are lurking about we d- we don't mean that you know what, what we mean is that parents leave an impression on kids and when we're adults and we want to go where our eyes are looking you know when we want to be intentional about our lives it, it's really valuable to unpack what is mine and mm. what was my parents mm-hmm. and 
you know, I think what you're saying is that as a therapist can be super helpful for unpacking that all and, and discerning Mm -hmm. what is automatic that I learned and is unconscious and what is conscious and, and intentional. Yeah. Good clarification um and hopefully helpful for people out there listening so this is episode three of four for the uh, it's the fourth episode of the podcast but in this series and we just covered that you go where your eyes go yelling at the screen it doesn't change the movie and your parents are always lurking about I think we got into some juicy stuff there and hopefully people are feeling and thinking and wondering and um, we're always here if you guys uh, out there want to email us, have an idea, have a question about what came up. Maybe we could even talk through some questions that come up on the show. You can email us at connect@counselofathers.com. If you enjoyed this or are enjoying this, please feel free to share it with someone rate the show on the podcast app you use that helps people find us and um thank you so much for taking the time to to listen to think about who you are as a parent yeah good stuff it's good to be in good company Mm.